One message for you took from your aunt. Uh-huh. She will bust both of you in the head. Can y'all hear me? It's not rocket science, you know. I think you, like me, um, have a face for radio. Can y'all hear me? We gonna play with the players we got. Next man up. That's why it sucks. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. This kind of unprofessionalism does not need to be tolerated. And I mean it. Like, you know who me? You know who me? You know who me? You know who me? What the hell is going on here? Just all hang up. Another episode of the BS Podcast. Hang on. Hang Quincy on. Moran. Hang on. There's all kinds of noise in my ear now. Oh, jeez. We need a little bit more professionalism. Down in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everybody to another episode of the BS Podcast. I am your host, Quincy Moran, as a part of the Moran Brothers, with Wild Bill and his Bama bullet points. And we are running duos today. What do you think, Uncle Bill? Just I love you it. and I. I love it. I love <laughs> you, uh, it. No, we'll see. Uh, but I think it'll be good. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, there's plenty to talk about, and uh, we don't know what direction it's going to go. But overall, uh, give me um, give me what your recap is for Week Eight. Let me set the stage for you. Uh, week Eight of the college football season. I don't really count Week Zero, but uh, probably should. So Week Nine, uh, Alabama enters the contest six and one after coming off a loss in Tennessee. Mississippi State, uh, coming off a loss at LSU, comes in at 5-2, and two, which is still pretty respectable for a Mississippi State football team. And there are a lot of questions when it comes to Alabama and how they're going to perform. There's a lot of questions about what our uh, – are we going to bounce back like Alabama normally does? So, thankfully, it wasn't a second game in a row on the road. But Alabama ends up winning 30-6, to six, just mere seconds away from 30 to nothing. Um, but uh, give us your overall thoughts, Wild Bill, and what you think about the game. Well, there seemed to be no hangover from the loss previous week. Um, they they executed a lot better, and I'm going to be careful, and I don't want to get into the bullet points that I have, but they, they looked better to a degree, especially defensively, you know, Plus, we were missing two of our starters on the defensive line that did not play. We had better coverage in the secondary, so we looked better, but our offense sputtered. It's, it's amazing to me how one week the offense is clicking, and the next week the offense isn't clicking. Yeah. But uh, they look better. Uh, not as many mental mistakes. As they've been making, of course, we were in front of the home crowd, so that helped. But uh, they looked more focused on the assignments that they were supposed to be doing. Um, but you could tell that Bryce is not 100%. He was not as accurate as he was previous week. But I, I give credit to Mississippi State's defensive scheme. Uh, they were running a 3-3-5 is what uh, – they, they kept mentioning during the broadcast, and it, it gave Alabama some problems. We couldn't run the ball, so in the off week, it looks like we're going to have to work on the run game. Uh, our, our wide receivers somehow are going to, uh, in this off time, learn how to get some separation between them and the defensive backs. But we won. It wasn't the prettiest win in the world. But we won. We're what six and one, seven and one, seven and one uh, now. You got seven it. and one. So uh, we got two tough games ahead of us on the road. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd probably echo a bunch of those uh, points that you made there. And I'm. I kind of look at it, and there there are plenty of things to be frustrated about as an Alabama fan. But there are also some things to look at and say. Okay, the guys, it, from the coaching staff to the players, 
um, had what you, you would call a come to Jesus moment and say, what's really going on here? I mean, the, the review had to be atrocious, you know, just talking about sitting in the film room, looking at what they gave away, knowing as poorly as they played, they still had a chance to win. And I do not blame that loss on Willie Reichert. I don't. There was tons of mismanagement in the Tennessee game when it comes to time. There was tons of mismanagement when it comes to making adjustments on defense and allowing Tennessee to, to spread us out. It, it shows how much of a genius Heupel is when it comes to um, exploiting your weaknesses. So, you know, when I look at that and I look at us here, you know, I think um, we'll get into it in the stats, but the, the penalties were simply a fraction. Mississippi State had a bunch of penalties, which is good, which you can definitely attribute to the home crowd. It really, really helps. And I think probably the last two years, you know, coming out of the COVID year, I, I had told Josh last year, to me, the crowd noise is more, after having a year of no noise and then getting back into the crowd noise for these past couple of years, I think it's had more of an impact than we realized or maybe than it did uh, prior point. to that. So, you know, when it comes to that, I think the thing that we're used to seeing with these Alabama football teams is their ability to rise to the moment, be mentally tough, remain focused, and not allow the crowd noise to get to them. But this, we just can't compare these guys to, to last year's team. We can't compare them to the year before, which I think emotionally we probably do. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to, especially after all these years of success. You just know what the expectation is. But I look at the game, and uh, I think you know that first drive for Mississippi State. It looked like it was going to be a long night, and we figured a way to turn it around. And the second drive looked like, oh man, it uh, this can be a shootout. But then we, we go into the half, and it's uh, it's 24 to nothing. And you look at the way our defensive secondary played. I think Kool-Aid really stepped up. And this young man, Eli Ricks, which uh, you know the story on. You could talk a little bit about that. I, I looked at his, and it, and it seemed like one of the things that the, the pundits were harping on, you know, like, say, Roman Harper, no pun intended, say Greg McElroy, some of the some of the great analysts that talk about football, in my opinion, uh, for this day and time, talked about the lack of eye discipline when it came to our secondary in the game against Tennessee, and maybe they were just so bewildered that they lost theirself. I thought in this particular, at least against this scheme, it looked a lot more sound. Would you agree? Yes, and... Um... Uh, Kool-Aid did play better. He's 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 one that uh, I know he's still he's a soft true sophomore. Uh, I still to me they don't turn and look for the ball like I think that they should. He, especially him, but he's getting better at it. But Eli knows that. He if you know, uh, I'm not gonna say, but he had some past breakups. I'll tell you how many in the. Yeah, uh, when it comes to bullet the bullet points. points. <laughs> my bullet points, but uh, he, uh, uh, if you remember, he got uh, stopped in Mississippi in the offseason, got a ticket. But then when then he got in trouble with that, he was in the Coach Saban's doghouse off, right off the bat, which isn't a good thing to do. Uh, so he had work to make up, but then he got hurt when they reported back for fall practice and he wasn't made wasn't able to practice full full speed and uh, had some issues in practice. You know, you, you being the coach, you've seen guys that may not practice good, but you turn the lights on game time, they're ready to roll. Yeah, I've and, seen it before. Uh, so I think, and especially by watching him play Saturday night, he may be one of them guys. But uh, I, I believe the secondary is going to be better now. Uh, they, they know the roles, and uh, they better be because we got two tough ones coming up. So, yeah, I agree. And, and we know one of those two coaches is going to try to pick them apart. 
Yeah. If I don't say which one, but <laughs> me and you know. <laughs> yes, we do. And and after Saturday night, maybe, just maybe, both coaches try to pick us apart. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that goes. But just looking at I, I always like to think of it, you know, in terms of statistics and, and what things look like just to kind of judge the character of a football game. And I listen to this podcast, and I think, Quincy, you sound so mundane. You don't sound exciting. Um, but I'm not a professional. You know, this is a uh, family talking about sports, so it's okay by me. Um, I look at Alabama scoring 30 points against Mississippi State at home, and uh, our season average after this past week was 43 points a game, and that was fifth in the nation and number two in SEC. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's great. It's, it's a shame we didn't get there, but it really only takes one point to win uh, the game, you know. Uh, rushing the ball, which surprises me, it seems like, you know, Gibbs has gone off consistently. So we average about 211 yards per game. That's only good enough for 17th in the country and number four in the SEC. And that, and I'm like, I, I think to myself and I go, wow, there's a whole lot of running going on. And uh, for us to be number 17, an average of 211. And I know there's like 131 schools, but still thinking about it. And in yeah. passing, we're, uh, we're averaging about 274 yards per game, which puts us 34th um, in the country and 4th in the SEC. Now, here's what's odd. We're 17th in, nationally for uh, rushing yards. We're 34th nationally for passing, but yet we are ranked 5th in the country for scoring. So there's a lot going on between the 20s, but not a whole lot of scoring going on, I guess, if you ask me. Is that what that sounds like? That's <laughs> what it sounds like, but uh, I, it'd be interesting to know what it is after Saturday night, what what we what the scoring average is now. Was that after the game Saturday night? That's post-Mississippi. Yes, sir. Okay, so we're At still least... fifth in scoring. Right. But... Uh, uh, but now I don't. You got the stats from the game Saturday night. We didn't rush for a whole lot of yards. Saturday yeah, it was night. A, a very very low output, as we'll get into here pretty quick. I jotted that, down some and, notes. Oh, go ahead. And that's what you know. That's what has really puzzled me. If they're running a three-three-five defense, you would think that we would be able to run the ball. Yeah, I I agree. But our our offensive line struggles with consistency among a few other things and, yeah. and that running consistency. But I, it also to me goes back to, and look, Bill O'Brien is a millionaire. He gets paid a lot of money. He's done this at a higher level than I will ever do it. But when you look at his play calling, it doesn't, it just doesn't look like he consistently runs according to the strength of, of Gibbs. Like, I know you have to take what the defense gives you and the offenses that, that I have called plays for. For that matter, the defensive coordinator times that I've had, very low level compared to what these guys do, obviously. But if, you, if you're watching it and you go, okay, well, just going back, say, to you know fourth and one, let's, let's line up five, six yards off the ball and call a cutback. Hmm. I don't understand that. Or, you you know, you give Gibbs a seam and the guy can take off for 10 to 70 yards, but you're not running those types of plays that create, at least it doesn't look like that, and then that would go to our offensive line and their inability to block with consistency. So, you know, I don't, I don't really have any great detail. We could stand and uh, we could watch the game together and I could say this makes sense or that doesn't make sense, but I was telling the kids, I've been out of the game for so many years that my football lingo is just sorely lacking. Right. Well, this would be getting ahead uh, to one of the games down the road, but there's a, an older gentleman that graduated from Ole Miss that comes up to the golf course a good bit. He, he came up there today. We, we were talking football because the guy I work with in early every morning, he, he's retired from Mississippi State as a professor. And uh, he said, you know, we always catch Alabama at the wrong time every year. 
So we know. He said they accomplished what they practiced for all week. They scored a touchdown against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So he said we accomplished our goal. But uh, the guy, the, the graduate of Ole Miss said that Kentucky gave the blueprint of how to beat Ole Miss. All you've got to do to beat them is run the ball between the tackles. That's what Kentucky did. Nearly beat them. Should have beat them, he said. And then that's what LSU did. Really, run in between the tackles. Yeah. And then so I I said to him, but we don't have the running back or backs to run between the tackles. All of ours is Gibbs and Roydale and, and McClellan getting outside. You know, they're running the stretch plays uh, to the outside. So, you know, where between now and then, where do we find the running back to, or the offensive line going to have to open up the holes between the tackles for our running backs that can run it? Uh, and Gibbs is the main one. Are we going to be able, even against LSU, will we be able to run between the tackles? I got to say, I think we have the running back on the team. And his name is Milrow. <laughs> <laughs> Why not line that 6'2", 225-pound beast of a man up back there and have him run the ball through the tackles a little bit. I mean, well, we may see it in the weeks to come. <laughs> I'm t- I've, he's proven he's done it. And that's no disrespect to Gibbs because Gibbs is an absolute master. I'm, he's one of the, the brightest spots on this entire team. I'm right. telling Josh, it's like, look at the way he runs the ball. And that's not really something we've had. You know, I think Mark Ingram, he he could bruise a little bit, but man, if he got past the first to second level, he could just sheer take off on a on a team. Now, yeah. the anomaly was Derrick Henry, who could run over you and run past you and, and uh, outrun you. And outrun you, that's right, which was a trip. But uh I think Milrow is the guy. I think we can line him up. I know I know we need him as a backup quarterback. We have Ty Simpson, right? I think he's a guy who can come out and play. But Milrow is a big body, hard running, super speed, very athletic guy that, you know, they may want to look at for somebody who can run the ball through the tackle or between the tackles and and really become efficient. But I look at what you're talking about with Ole Miss in uh, Kentucky, and I say, well, Tennessee just did that for Alabama, but I didn't see – I know they run the air raid offense with Coach Leach, but I didn't see them try to exploit that, uh, spread us out and and run run us down the field, and that surprises me, but I don't – maybe Coach Leach is so committed or he just doesn't have the talent to do so, but, you know, Lane Kiffin and and Brian Kelly, for that matter, I mean, they've – uh, Brian Kelly and Nick Saban have faced each other in different circumstances, but it remains to be seen. There's some highlights that I wanted to kind of take a look at, and I thought the less penalties was great. Like I say, it's at home. The defense was very sound. I thought, you know, they did very well. The defensive line kind of came on at the, the middle of the second quarter, and then they just started to impose their will a bit um, against uh, this Mississippi State offensive line. Still, I, I feel like we should have more hurries. You said we had a couple of guys out, which is understandable, but we need a next-man-up mentality with guys that are strong. We're recruiting great talent. Are we developing great talent? And that looks a little tricky to me right now. Um, I thought that uh, – I really thought one of the great things was Eli Ricks, like we talked about earlier, and his ability to cover. His technique looked really solid. Um, he did have a pass interference, but I thought that was one of those that was necessary so you don't get burnt and uh, they score a touchdown. Like I say, Kool-Aid had a great night. Branch had a great night. Helms was on fire. You know, just a sure, sound tackling guy. So overall, I mean, you know, the game is probably a, a B to a B- minus compared to what the team's expectation is. But at the end of the day, I'm thankful that we bounced back. I'm thankful that we came out and we played. I'm thankful that we won. Um, you know, especially coming off 
you, you just don't know what you're going to get out of this particular football team. So that being said, I thought overall the game was pretty good. The second half was pretty dismal offensively, and it, it was a bummer yeah. to see because we easily left probably 21 points on the field, 14 for sure. Um, but at the same time, you know, what are you going to do? You win the game. You've done enough to win. Try to close it out. That Mississippi State hadn't scored a touchdown in Tuscaloosa since 2014, and they were one second away <laughs> from not doing it again. And they played till the last drop. I thought that was pretty good. So, you know, yeah. any other thoughts before we move on to Wild Bill's Bama Bullet Point? No, it was uh, – uh, and – when we play Mississippi State, it's always a very physical game. Mississippi State is very physical. And and I kept watching. We did not sustain any injuries, you know, that was like we, like we have been. So I think we came out health-wise pretty good with it being such a physical game. So hopefully yeah. then, this time off to get these guys healthy and get ready for the stretch run. Yeah, most definitely. And then looking at Bryce, um, something was off. Whether whether it was his his you know physical ability, just you know playing in that really really tough game last week, and he got abused against Tennessee. Um, so whether it was that or you know the ability for the wide receivers to get open, I think there were some passes that Bryce want, would love to ha have back and be able to throw again. Um, but, you know, I, I would say um, I'm going to go to my roster here. There was a young man that has stepped up that you talked about earlier. Um, is it uh, Tyler Harrell, number eight? Yes. Yeah, he's a he's a junior, which where the heck has he been? But uh, he looked he looked pretty darn good making a few catches out there. So I didn't I didn't look at uh, when he was on the field to see what kind of what he did downfield as far as blocking and whatnot goes. But he's uh, the one that's supposed to be it's got the speed to stretch the defense. So Well it's a it's a shame. I guess we'll find out we'll find out first Saturday in November. Yes indeed. Stretch, we will. They can stretch the uh, uh, field and all but uh, before we go over the bullet points there there's one Thing. I don't know if you've seen it. Cindy showed it to me and sent it to me and the Mississippi State uh, professor that I work with. He had seen it. What class? I want to give a shout-out to the quarterback from Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen the little episode one of Alabama, an elderly lady that volunteers at Alabama football game. She was struggling after the game to, to get up the ramp and to get out of the stadium and Mississippi players were coming out and their quarterback helped this elderly lady. He helped oh, and wow. escorted her out, uh, grabbed a hold of her and helped her get out. So I give a shout out to an opposition player that would take time to help an elderly lady volunteer for the University of Alabama, help her get out of the stadium and off the ramp. So yeah. shout out to, to Will Rogers. Good on you, Will Rogers, and uh, and thank you for showing us that uh, you know there's still there's still and, and I think there there are many more presented that opportunity to do the same thing. I'm just glad that he took the moment to do that. And for me, when it comes to you know being a competitor, a former competitor now, um, everything I wanted to do was between those white lines. Right. And uh, once the game was over. Um, I, I wanted to go shake the hand of my opponent because I wanted to see how I did. What's your report card of me? And uh, uh, give kudos where it's due. And if there's anything, you know, there, there's 60 minutes that they have to go and do things that you get arrested for out on the street. Right. And once the game is done, you know, I always love it when competitors, even if you're a sore loser, when competitors will go and they'll pray together in the middle of the field and, uh, and just respect each other for that particular, you know, moment that you're going mano a mano. So, yeah, major shout-out to Will Rogers. I have to go look that story up because, you know, there's so much bull crap that goes on these days that right. you probably don't get enough enough of the highlight when it comes to the good things that are happening. And I know they're like, you know, there's I, – I, actually, I'll take that back because I know ESPN works hard. 
to put it out there, and so do these other various outlets. But uh, seems these days that the loudest voice always has to do with negativity. So thanks for pumping that up, Uncle Bill. It was on Facebook. I'll go. I will go check it out. And now it's time for Wild Bill's memorable points with Wild Bill and the Q Dog. Bullet point number one is the number one. We only gave up one touchdown this week, or we gave up six last week. <laughs> that is very, That is a great bullet point. I love it. I thought you would. <laughs> you are. That, that was that was that was number one in the main one, um, and then uh, number two. Uh, I just had to say number two is the number three. Uh, we only had three penalties oh. compared to 17 the week before. What uh, a difference uh, a couple of hours south makes. Yes. And then <laughs> the last bullet point I got is four. Eli Ricks had not one, not two, not three, but four pass breakups. That's nice. more than we've had nearly the whole year. But he had four in one game, and I give a shout out to Eli for playing a, a, a great game. And our defense, uh, the last one would be we did have some pressure on the quarterback. We didn't have, but I think two sacks, maybe. You may have that stat. Uh, we didn't, uh, but we had several uh, pressures and hurries on Will Rogers to get him off of this uh, thing. So, shout, and shout out to the leaders of the team. They stepped up. They showed some class, some grit, some determination to get this thing turned around. So it's it's onward. We've got the two tough ones coming up. So we're going to see what kind of progress with it, that we've made from the loss. And the one in Death Valley is next. So we're going to go with it from there. But that's my bulletin points for this week. Well, I dig it, man. I really dig it. Um you definitely rose to the occasion when it comes to that number one. Um, <laughs> give it up one touch. Even though it was the first one since 14, it's still one is better than six. Yeah, that that's true. But if you it, kind of, if you think about it, you know, there's a lot of things that this particular team, God love them, that they've given up. And, uh, you know, they broke the streak for Tennessee. They've now, uh, that streak has been broken for Mississippi State. But in spite of all that adversity and shooting themselves in the foot, they still control their own destiny right. to get to the big show. They still control their destiny to get uh, for the opportunity to, to, to accomplish the goals that they set out for. And I, I got to be, I'm right there with you. It's like, congrats to uh, the leadership of this team because there's no way. I got to say this. There is no way we are more disappointed that Will Anderson didn't make more of an impact last week than he is. Right. There's no way that we're more disappointed that he, he doesn't have more sacks in this game uh, against Mississippi State than he is because he's a ferocious competitor. And, you know, it's, it's easy for us to sit back at times and talk about what's not happening. Can it be the scheme? Can it be the player? Um but every time you step on the field, the, the people that are on the opposing side have spent weeks, if not months, determining how to neutralize you. So I, my hope is, you know, is that, that Will understands, and I'm shouting at the TV, play like who we know you are. For my gain, no. For my enjoyment, yes. But for his gain and what he's worked so hard for to accomplish in, on his path to becoming a professional. And, um, you know, you get excited when you see these guys accomplish their goals and, and, uh, and, and, and they're successful. But, you know, if you look at what happens after this season, no matter where we stand um, right this moment, should they do what we want them to do, what they want to do, and go win a championship? Look at all the adversity that uh, adversity they would have overcome. Right. And I think... I think too often in life, I was talking to my cousin this week, 
um, or, or today, as a matter of fact. And as her and I were talking, it's like uh, sometimes, you know, we get low. Like I struggle when it comes to autism and in life because it's very hard. Um, she had some personal issues that she struggled with for a long time, and she was saying how she sat there and just thought about it. Like, how could I let myself uh, do this? How could, how could I let myself become this situation? And I said, you know what? We, we all have those moments, and sometimes you got to embrace you know, the pain where you are. But all too often, we just don't take enough time to focus on the victory that we have in overcoming those things. Because you're no longer those things. And that may be a bit of a deep message for a sports podcast, but no, I think that's, that's what Alabama can look at. I've always said, I said to my players for years and years and years, I said, football mirrors life. You know, you have, life is going to come at you. It's going to knock you down, but you have to get up. Life is not always going to work out how you think it's supposed to. You know, there are other plans on the other side, and there are opposing factors that happen. How are you going to make an adjustment in the moment and continue to move forward even when you fail? That's where football, uh, even in addition to teaching you how to be a part of a team um, and how to be selfless, etc. So, you know, all that to say, I think this team can look back no matter how the season turns out. They did come back against a very formidable opponent. Um, I look at, you know, this sounds backwards, but Mississippi State's uh, offense was ranked number 30 in the in the country. Their pass defense was number 56. Um, their run defense was number 35. Did we perform like we wanted to? No, but we won the game. So with that, here come the stats. In this matchup, Alabama-Mississippi State, um, I'll give you the first downs. Hale State had 20 first downs, Alabama 21. Third down efficiency, State had 7 of 22, Bama 8 of 17. Fourth down efficiency. And I, that's one of the things that I have to point out. I, and I know it's not popular, Uncle Bill, I love it when teams go for it on fourth down, especially when they're having success. And I told Anissa when we were there, and it's like, I said, hey, if, I, if I'm Coach Leach, I'm going for it because we're getting so many chunks, yards after yards after yards because I want to do all I can to mentally debilitate and steal the soul of the defense on the other side. And you know when it's third down and you've stopped them and it's one yard, it's like a mental thing. So I thought it was great that they were going for it. I thought it was great that our defense finally started to rise up. They were. 50- I, don't think it's, I don't think it's good to go for it on your own 29-yard line, though. We it didn't already, work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the I guy I worked with wasn't very impressed with that one. <laughs> I bet he wasn't. There's a there's a story I saw about a high school coach that never punts the ball, no matter where he is. He goes for it on fourth down every time. Uh, and uh, I don't, have you ever seen the stats uh, on it? We'll have to do it. Statistically, he makes more than he than he misses. So uh, wow. they were at fifty percent, three of six. For Mississippi State, Alabama did not go for it once on fourth down. Total yards, this is wild. Mississippi State, 293. The Tide, 290. Passing yards, Mississippi State, 231. The Tide, 261. So Will Rogers was 30 of 61. And then as a total, we were 22 of 37. So I guess that would make us 20 of 35 because Milrow had uh, had two passes. Right. Um, well, I guess 20 of 36 because Milrow missed one pass, which was clearly, clearly pass interference <laughs> when the guy body blocked our guy. But I guess the game was in hand, so what do you yeah. want to do? Um, yards well, look at pass. the Russian yardage. I know. It's, it is. I, I, I didn't know this stat until I saw it right now for the first time. Um Alabama, I mean, Mississippi State, 3.8 yards uh, per pass. Alabama, 7.1. Dude, I'll take that stat on passing any time. Just keep passing if you get seven yards of pass on an average. Yeah. Rushing yards. This is – now, is part of this because Gibbs was injured? Something happened to Gibbs where they had to pull him out of yeah, the game. Yeah, he, so, um, he got banged that, up. That might be something, but we had Mississippi State, 26 attempts for 62 yards. Alabama, 27 attempts for 29 yards. We averaged 1.1 yards per carry. That's that's abysmal. That's that is horrible. 
What is what word is less? You know what word it is? It's a word my friend Tony D used that I didn't think was a real a real word at one time. It's abhorrible. I was like, that's not even a word. Turns out abhorrible is a word, and it is. It was just that. Uh, penalties, ten for a hundred by the Bulldogs, three for twenty for Alabama. Turnovers, one for the state, zero for Alabama. Time of possession. This game was so equal except for the score. Yeah. Time of possession, 30 minutes, 29 seconds for the state, 29-31 for Alabama. And uh, if we had had the ball 29 minutes and 32 seconds, then uh, they probably wouldn't have got that touchdown. Right. What are you going to do? Are we going to continue to harp on it? But looking at these stats, we are so close to being equal, yet the score was so lopsided. You know, Um but what I believe Quincy, I believe if I was Coach Saban and the offensive staff, I'd put those two numbers up on the offensive players in their lockers. 27 for 29. 27 rushing attempts and 29 yards for an Alabama football team. Exactly. And we're like we said earlier, that run defense was 35th in the country. Right. So you our, don't think LSU's not going to look at that? Of course. Our run defense is number 10 in the country, and they got 62 yards on us, and that's a great day. That's under 100 yeah. yards. So that's a great day for a defense like ours. But to get – I know you got to take what the defense gives you, but sometimes you need to throw your weight around, and we did not do that. Um, so those stats are, are really surprising, and that's why I was kind of looking up to say, hey, you know, offensively – where are we ranked, um, like in total offense, it looks like Alabama is ranked number three, just in total offense. Uh, Mississippi State was ranked 30. It showed they scored six points. They nearly scored zero. Our pass defense, and we know why this is, we are ranked 54th in the nation. Yet, we're able to keep them at bay for less than 300 yards, which is really odd. Of course, we had less than 300 yards, and we still had 30 points. So maybe that going forward on fourth down didn't work out as well as uh, Coach Leach wanted it to. Right. And then, and then we said, you know, um, their pass defense is 56th in the country. And we had, you know, 260 yards. Um, 200, I'm thinking, okay, guys, hopefully this week we will heal up. We will go back to the drawing board. Um We'll make sure their mind is right when it comes to, you know, our ability to play with consistency and discipline. And then uh, we get our schemes together because there's just too many times where we are getting out coached as a football team. Right. And we do not want that to happen with Brian Kelly. He maybe – do you think – this is just a question that, that probably doesn't matter. Do you think that Brian Kelly on this LSU team has more talent – now than he has at uh, any team with Notre Dame? I would say so. I think as a biased guy, I would probably say so as well, even though he's gone to the to the playoffs a few times. Um, so he's making, you know, and that's one thing that Josh texts me. He's like, just when you think LSU has lost it, yeah. now the schedule gets worse. And I'm like, great. Let it get worse. That's why these guys came to Alabama, and that's what it takes to stay on top. So what are we going to do? I'm sure, Quincy, he, the speed, you know, he might have had a better team or two at Notre Dame, but the overall team speed, I think he had to make an adjustment to the SEC pertaining to speed. True, but, man, when you get faster cars, it's got to be a lot more fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> But you, know but you see where – you see, if you watch Saturday, that offense was clicking pretty good. Yep. Now it's uh, now it's time for Alabama to do what they got to do. So, you know, looking forward to next week before we talk about Coach Saban's press conference, um, Tennessee has two weeks of really exciting football coming up. Yeah. And I don't I don't know what it's going to look like with Kentucky. Is their quarterback still out? What a no, he'll be there. He's... He'll be there. Okay. And then, once that game is done, then it's time to go down to Georgia, Tennessee, yeah. and see what you look like there. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think Heifel has a good chance 
at uh, exploiting the weaknesses on these these particular defenses, and it does not take Tennessee long to score. So, I, I but really it don't like take the opposition long to score on Tennessee either. <laughs> That's a fair point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I want. Do I want if we can win out? Do I want to go against Georgia, or do I want to get some revenge on Tennessee? I don't know which way that looks. I guess. I guess to me, it depends on what our team looks like the further we go. Now, I was thinking to say, I'm not worried about Tennessee or Georgia. We got to win out. That's right. We got to pick it the right there. time. All right. So now let's get into our saving correspondent. That's going to be me and Uncle Bill. <laughs> Did you get a chance to watch his post? Uh, uh, just press just a, a clip of it. He was pleased with the effort. Uh, from what I saw, he, he was pleased. He was. Uh, uh, Pleased with uh, the penalties, no, not so many mental mistakes, uh, especially the offensive linemen. Uh, he was proud of the effort that they gave. Um, and, uh, oh, and, of course, you know, he don't single out any players, but he, he, was, he was happy uh, of the overall play of the entire team. You know, there wasn't any special team blunders. Uh, like previous week, and uh, but and of course, you know, he commended Mississippi State for their game plan. Uh, he wasn't thrilled about the 29 yards rushing. Um, he said that's got to be fixed. So, but uh, and just, and he just keeps harping on the little things. Your assignment, what you're supposed to be doing. Quit worrying about the other guy. You do what you're supposed to. You use the right technique. This and that. You take care of you. What That's you're right. supposed to do. That's probably advice we could all use. Yeah. In life, um, one thing that I that I will note, you know, in uh, Mississippi State, they had a pretty hard week. They lost a teammate suddenly, so that had to that had to have some type of an effect. I w- I would imagine. Um, yeah. One of the reporters, you know, asked Coach early on in the press conference, um, you struggled to stop the run early on. What were your thoughts about that? And Coach Saban said, they scored six points. Um, What do you want me to say? They scored six points. He said, I'll let them run the ball like that all day long if they only score six yeah. points. He didn't have time for that question. I, I thought it was a good question, you know, just because we want to – we're over here looking at it. And, you know, I mean, that to me says a few things, but one of them is like, you know that we're not happy that it was hard to stop the run, but legitimately they got 62 yards rushing. It's under yeah. 100 for an SEC football team. So at the end of the day, pretty darn good. You know, early on, it, it seemed like uh, it could be kind of ugly. But, you know, he um, he and Bryce, they showed him on TV, uh, you know, on the yeah. sideline. They were having a great discussion. And I, I like that Holly Rowe asked them, you know, uh, asked both Coach and Bryce what they were talking about. Bryce's, uh, Bryce's response yeah. was so stellar. He said, did you ask him that? I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, – any of the press conference uh, this Monday, today, um, I did not work with so stacked. I didn't get a chance to watch what his outfit no, was. No, I, I, I hadn't. I hadn't got to see anything today. I mean, that be that be a little bit on here, just a few minutes on the news, but I hadn't thought it's been nonstop for since I got home from work and everything. So it. Uh, well, I probably shouldn't uh, speak to this. But I will. Um, talking about the, you know, the Burton situation um, with the fan. Um, I'm just gonna say, I'm gonna say this. I have not seen it, so I don't know to what degree it is. Is it right or wrong? Um, I'd say if you're gonna put your hands on somebody, it's it's not a great idea. But here's one thing I'll submit to you, Uncle Bill. During the game, when a fan runs on the field, what happens when the when the fan, whether they are a runner or a streaker, what happens when they get tackled? Oh, yeah. The crowd goes nuts. The crowd goes wild. That's right. That's right. Why is it? Because they had it coming. Now, 
I like I say, that's me just hearing about this situation. I don't know what happened, but when you you if you go onto the field, and I'm not I'm never for a man putting his, putting his hands on a woman. You go onto the field, you know, you have to know, even if alcohol is involved, you have to know what you're getting into. And if something happens on that field, you're as responsible as the player or the coach that's there. You have no business there. I know it's a, it's a celebration, but I just go back to when there's a streaker on the field. I know this is a woman and there's a difference. And I mean, you know, coach Saban, one thing he did say is that, uh, you know, it was frightening being on the field with the field being rushed. Right. He was scared. The players were scared. And, you know, A, you're emotional about a situation. You just lost a huge game. You're in hostile territory. You're being the, – the field is being flooded by thousands of people. Um, you, really, we want you to keep your hands to yourself and find a way to get out of the, of the stadium. Um, I have to go look at it and see what it was. But I, like, I just go back to it. And it's like if you run on the field, generally, you know, I guess on the on the field it's a, a streaker or a runner. It's one person. They're doing it to get attention, and then, bam, they get knocked out. Um, so I don't know if this is the same in that situation. I want to go watch it and see what it is. I know there's all kinds of opinions on it. I know now that Burton's in counseling. It's not for anger management. I don't really know what it's for. Um, but the message to me is don't go on the field. Man or woman, do not go on the field. It's not safe for you, and right. it is not safe for the players. And it's not fair to the players, whether they are the winners or the losers, because it's like a it's a, it's a crowd. It can turn into a stampede. Now, maybe it's because I'm in my 40s and I'm boring. Um, would I have loved to rush Bryant Denny's field one time? Probably so. Would I have joined in? I don't know. Probably so. Um, but it's pretty funny that uh, if you ever watch Funny Main Jermaine, uh, the comedian we used talks to. about it, he, uh, he's like, we don't storm the field in Alabama. We're the people that, you know, we're the team that people storm the, storm the field for because We've been there before. So right. I just thought it was so funny the way. Well, he, he, yeah, you watch it. He, I mean, I, you know, he stuck his arms straight out, and it's more like, you know, she, I mean, it's not like he drew back and hit her. You know, it was more, and, and I mean, you can't really tell. But uh, somebody from the athletic department has talked to somebody in the athletic department up there because. Uh, the 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 police department that they, they haven't done anything. They're not doing anything. They're not investigating anything. So, and maybe that's what so. Coach Saban's. Uh, maybe Coach Saban has talked to Josh Hypo, and you know I don't know, but uh, uh, the the police department's not doing anything. So. Well, I'll, I'm going to take a look at it just to see um, yeah. what my what my opinion would be, um, and then kind of go from there. Obviously, I have seven daughters, so if anybody's putting their hands on my daughter, I'm, I'm yeah. not about it. You know, but well, you know, then again, she may have said whatever. Yeah. We don't know what she might have said. You know. Yeah. We we just you don't know what you don't know, and it's in the crowd, and there's cameras everywhere. Um, I'm sure it's not a moment he's proud of. I'm sure it's something he needs to take back. I hope the lady is okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I hope she's not hurt. But you really have to consider what you are doing when you storm the field. And um, she probably wasn't in her right mind. She might have had a few pops in her, so she might have been inebriated. She's out of her mind excited because, you know, for a 15-year streak has just been broken. Yeah. So I, I'm going to say there is there's enough fault on both sides for this thing um, that, you know, maybe she is she going to be prosecuted for going on the field? It's it's not right. Is she going to be banned from the stadium? I don't know. Sometimes they say right. you got to do that. So I'm not trying to explain it away because I'm an Alabama fan. Uh, I say that kind of goes for anybody getting on the field. Don't do it. OK, right. that's enough of that. And now, since there is no 
game this upcoming week? What are you looking forward to? Uh, my weekend, I, I thought I'd be looking forward to a weekend off, but, um, you know, with so many kids and, and colleges coming up, my week quickly got booked. What are you looking forward to this week? Any games you, uh, you're you looking forward to watching? Uh, well, the Kentucky-Tennessee game could be interesting. Totally you know, but, uh You know, I haven't really looked at the schedule. I put a request in to be off Saturday, so hopefully I'll be off Saturday. I don't get a lot of Saturdays off until my four-month sabbatical hits, so, which will be coming up for long. But uh, just being here, we're supposed to have – uh, I don't know. I think we may have all the dogs, all four of them. So. Oh, man. Who <laughs> let the dogs in? Yes. Amber's supposed to be up here doing, taking pictures. So me and Cindy may have all four of them for a little bit. Who knows? But well, hopefully I won't that. have to get up and go to work. Well, <laughs> hopefully not. And, uh, we will have a show next week if you want to join it. We'll probably just talk about some college football and what's coming up for Alabama LSU um, on Halloween. So that'll be exciting. All right. Um, we wonder. We wonder what's that going to look like. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, now, will, will your brother be available then or no? He will. He will. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna have a meeting with this group. Uh, that we. I don't think on. Austin will be. Right. Two weeks. The Dash Man is going to be out, but uh, yeah, that's what crazy next week. All right, there's no game, so there's not really much to talk about when it comes to uh, our next opponent. Although it's LSU, but we'll see how LSU does this week coming up. Do they have a game, or they they have a bye week? No, they're off too. Yep, that that's one of those things people generally plan their bye week around Alabama's schedule, yep. or at least for a few years they did. So, yep. all right, Wild Bill. So all right. Pretty easy to guess this week's score. We're going to go 0-0, zero, zero, I'm sure. Alabama um, will not lose this week. That's I can right. assure you of that. That is one thing. Wow. That is one thing. We that, don't play. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Your hand won't know why. No, not why. They're not playing. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's the final yeah, thing that I'll kind of talk about is – one thing that we were doing right. as a football team, I think. <laughs> one thing I think Alabama was doing was playing not to lose instead of embracing the moment and playing not yeah. to win. And I think Coach Saban made that pretty clear. Um, one other thing that he made very clear during the press conference I forgot to mention is that he wants Bryce to have the opportunity to display his talents. And to me, that's coach speak for our offensive coordinator stinks and we need to run him out on a rail and get somebody else in. So, yeah. we'll see. Anyway, he's Wild Bill. He gave you some Bama bullet points. I'm the Q-Dog. And this is the BS Podcast. Roll Tide, everybody. Roll Tide.